0: Welcome back to another edition of NFL University, the show where we educate you on all things across the National Football League. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. Before we begin, as always, if you listen to this fine podcast, we just please ask that you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL Show. We've got you covered every single day of the week, all throughout the entirety of the NFL season. Today on NFL University, we're going to discuss what a strange week two it was across the league and take a look at the 0-2 teams that are already sinking, as well as the ones that still have a chance to climb back into the playoff picture. And we also want to talk about some of the 2-0 teams that could be legitimate playoff contenders moving forward. We might also need to reevaluate our preseason rookie quarterback outlooks on this week's Rookie Report Card. Uh, Let me welcome in Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. as well as Kyle Posey of Niners Nation. We got to open things up today with the big news of the afternoon. The Chicago Bears did confirm that Justin Fields will start this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. But they went out of their way to say that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback still when he is healthy. Fellas, if all goes to plan, we never have to watch Andy Dalton throw another pass in a Bears uniform, right?
1: Just place him on the IR so we don't have to even... Deal with this, man. Um, Like, What's going to happen? He's going to go out, and who knows what he's going to do against the Browns, but the Bears play the Lions after the Browns. He's not going to struggle against the Lions, and when that happens, then what do you say? How do you look at your team based on everything that Fields did last week? Sure, people are going to point to that interception in the fourth quarter, but he also sealed the game for you with his legs. He also threw the ball down the field, unlike Dalton has. Uh, He should have had a touchdown to Allen Robinson, and we talked about that, but... Um, he just stresses the field. He's so dangerous. And when you get pressure, when you have a poor offensive line, as the Bears do, fields show that he's he can run out of that. So um, I, I don't understand what Nagy's doing. Obviously, it, it's probably a PR thing just to save face, but the players know. Like, we know. There's no reason to lie about this. I don't know what we're even doing here.
2: Yeah, if he could do well enough to swing a couple vets in the locker room, I'm sure that's something that like you can't come back from. Every everyone wants to say you can't lose your job to injury until, you know, you lose your job to injury. Sometimes it happens, guys. That it's the National Football League. We've seen this before. Um you talked about that A-rod drop. Man, it swung his uh, it swung his passer rating like fifty points or something. Yeah, I mean, a great example of why passer rating just is a buck stat right there, where it swings fifty points. That that should never happen on a single pass in a game. It's a dumb stat. Yeah, I feel it like it had another old. one
1: too, where it wasn't a touchdown pass. It was some? It was I. It might have been a dig route right over in the middle where uh, maybe it went off Mooney's hands. But there was another chunk play that again swung swung his stats so. Uh, fields could have had such a good day in the box score i, I still feel like he played well you know you, we don't want to just focus on that one bad interception so yeah um <laughs> naggy oh naggy
0: and you mentioned swinging uh veterans to your side like the only veteran in this case should be alan robinson like alan robinson dropped that touchdown pass but I think it's because Allen Robinson was like, hang on, hang on. I've never seen a football like that before. <laughs> I've never I've never seen a football that just hit me right in the chest. I'm used to having to go up and make insane catches. I'm not used to that. Like, give me a second. That's what playing with the quarterback's like? Like, Allen Robinson should be the only dude in that locker room, like, screaming at the head coaches, like, what are we doing here? It's, it, It's insane. It doesn't make any sense. The PR angle doesn't even really make sense anymore because everybody – Knows that he's the guy, and like, let's be it's honest. It's just here, Nagy like, doesn't want to be judged. Maggie yeah, like, doesn't want to be he, judged. Why do we care about Andy Dalton's feelings? Like, like <laughs> to be totally honest, like Andy, Andy's a, a grown man. He's a veteran quarterback. He understands how the league works. Why are we acting like we care about Andy's feelings?
2: Yeah, I, no, I, I even looked it up. I even looked it up and I was like, is this like an agency thing? Like, are they trying to save face and like not piss off like CAA or something like that? He's not even signed to CAA or anything like that. So it's literally just I, I really do believe it's just Nagy being like, how about we don't judge anything this year? And we just wait till the offseason. I get an extension and then I'm, I'm free rolling for another two years with Justin Fields. We forget like. Last offseason, we were talking about Matt Nagy probably should have been fired at the end of the year. And then he somehow kept his job. He somehow stumbled into a quarterback. And now he's like, hey, everyone forget about that. Let's just focus on the quarterback. But he's not playing. It'll it'll help Justin, too, the fact that um, he's going to get a full week of uh, starter reps going into this game. Um, if you know anything about like the structure of, of practice, especially at the NFL level, Those guys aren't getting a ton of looks, even though he's getting like package plays and stuff. So I'm sure he was executing plays on the field that he didn't even practice this week, frankly.
1: Oh, what he was doing was on the fly. You could kind of tell that. There's no doubt. So you talk about the practice structure. Starters are getting the reps. You're not preparing for you're not letting your backups get plays. So I would guess anywhere from like 10 to 15% max is what the reps fields was receiving. So yeah, this will be huge for him. And not that Justice and I aren't saying that. Fields is going to go out and go 30 for 40 for 500 yards no. and five touchdowns, but having those practice reps, being able to look over protections, knowing where your receivers are going to be, you know, having the certain plays called for you, like that's going to go a long way for the Bears. So I, I do agree. That's a big point where just being there getting every rep is going to go a long way for him this week.
0: And it is a tougher matchup this week against the Cleveland Browns and well, we'll talk a little bit more about his performance last week when he entered the game for Andy Dalton when we give out our rookie report card grades a little later in the show. But I want to get a little reckless with the Andy Dalton injury, uh, to, if I can be honest with you guys, because they're saying it's a bone bruise. At first, they were there was a little worry that it was an ACL, maybe some ligament, something like that. Then they came out say, it's a bone bruise. He's for sure going to be out this season. But it was a non-contact injury. I don't know about you guys, but generally bruises take some type of contact. Sure, there's a case where this happened in the play before, maybe adrenaline or whatever that caught up to him. Then the next play, he was like, oh, I can't bend my knee now. But it feels all of it feels sketchy. All I'm skeptical about all of it. I've never seen a non-contact bone bruise in my entire life. And I went back and watched the replay this morning because I was like, am I remembering this correctly? There is no one. No one touches him. It's not like he accidentally banged his knee on on the way out of bounds. Nobody touched him. It was a total non-contact injury. I'm just going to put it out there. Andy knows it's a wrap. Andy's just saying, you know what, just let me sit on this bench, collect my paycheck. Let me chase Daniel this thing up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hang it up. I'm not into football anymore.
1: Do you think he's going to get placed on the
0: IR? that would be smart for the bears to do just to avoid talking about it anymore. Right.
2: Goodness gracious. There, there are some weird injury stuff happening in the league too. I mean, Tua, Tua walked off the field with a limp. He has a rib injury. How do you limp with a rib injury? Wow. That doesn't, that
0: doesn't really make sense to me. Like <laughs> yeah. into the locker room.
2: Very, very odd things. I mean, someone who's much smarter than me can probably explain it, but my, my little pea brain doesn't understand how you limp with a rib injury.
1: I mean, we've seen this over the years, right? This isn't nothing new, and, and I'm not saying that they're faking injuries, but um, maybe misdiagnosed is the wrong word, but we've seen guys go down and then not play for extended periods of time so other players can't play. It ha- Aqib Talib talked about it with the Rams where Sean McVay called him into his office and said, hey, we're going to shut you down. So so and so can play. Like that's just how the NFL works. It is a business and you have investments and you want to see those investments. In Miami's case, I don't know what other investment they have uh besides Tua. Obviously, there's another quarterback where we're not gonna talk about him. Um, but yeah, it's uh who knows what's going on. There's there's definitely something deeper that that we just would have no idea.
0: Yeah, it- The offense looks bad in Miami right now. It's just doesn't doesn't look like it's going well for the Miami Dolphins. But let's dive into some of these teams that are 0-2, some of the teams that are 2-0. And I want to start with the teams that have yet to win a game. The New York Jets. We'll discuss Zach Wilson a little bit more later. He was bad, but the Jets in general are just a bad football team. Where can the Jets go from here after this 0-2 start, looking almost as bad as the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Man, you have to do something with Zach Wilson and try to like keep him in a neutral game script because when he's throwing from behind, it's not looking good. Uh, my buddy, Derek Claussen, he does some work for uh, Bleacher Report right now, joked about he was watching the film and he said, Zach Wilson literally threw every type of interception. Every, every single type of interception you could throw, he did it. Um, that's not what you're what you want to see. I mean, as far as you know, the Bears are talking about, we don't want to play Justin Fields because we're scared to break him. Jets, hey man, if there's any quarterback who's close to being broken, it it looks like it looks like Zach Wilson right now. So you got to do what you can to keep these games tight into the fourth quarter because playing with a deficit with Zach Wilson for you know, three quarters, three plus quarters, even that's that's not a way to get anything out of your franchise right now.
1: We need to abolish the preseason because <laughs> based on everything that we saw from these rookie quarterbacks remember we talked about it like these guys are mm-hmm. all good these guys are ballers zach wilson looked like the best of all of them and he comes out those four interceptions you mentioned all the different types of interceptions he's playing backyard football slash seven on seven where he's just heaving it up man he it, it doesn't look like he cares honestly which sounds harsh but some of the decisions that he's making just not even taken into account that there are other players on the defense besides the receiver who, or the cornerback who's guarding the receiver. It looks bizarre, man, and I don't know that I've really seen something like this. I don't know. If it's going to get better, you would assume that he's not going to be this reckless moving forward, but he has Fangio this week, man, and Fangio's going to put him in a blender. I feel bad for him.
2: Yeah, it's that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one.
0: The comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, I think, were what – kind of catapulted him to that number two quarterback in the draft. And maybe if Patrick Mahomes actually started his rookie season, we would have seen some of that recklessness that we saw from Zach Wilson over the weekend, but it was some of the most reckless quarterback play I've ever seen. Granted his offensive line, they lost their best offensive lineman in week one of the NFL season. And their offensive line's just been really bad in in general. And they're the youngest team in football so you have to imagine they're gonna get it figured out they're just not a contending team in any way this season like i I just don't see how there's no way that team is going to turn this thing around and go on like an eight game win streak or something like that they're just really really bad right now so it's not like wilson lacks confidence
1: it's not like he has a poor arm i think he has as good of an arm as advertised he made a throw at the end of the game on like a seven i was like oh nice good for you man but Everything else, <laughs> like what is, he, what are you going to do? There are plays like some of the interceptions. He's just throwing the ball without his feet in the ground. Like what are you doing, man? Like, who taught you to do that? It's wild.
2: The the one interception down, I think it was the left sideline, where it looks like he's trying to throw a line, and then it ends up being thrown like a skinny post, but it just lofts up there, like it's like a, you know, in Madden where you like trying to hit like the A button too fast you're like i gotta get the snap off and then it just ends up like lofting yeah it looks exactly like that and (laughs) i'm like how did you put that much air under that ball like clearly you have the arm strength to make that throw i've seen you make that throw before but it just doesn't make like some of the things that he's doing on the field you could tell he's either not confident or you know they're working out of the structure that they thought they were gonna operate in coming into the game They, they have to figure out something to keep these games low possessions low score, um, if that means that you have to run the ball more, do it, even with the deficit. Because playing from behind
0: is it's not a winning uh, plan for you guys at all. I want to move to another 0-2 team with a rookie starting quarterback in the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's all bad in Jacksonville right now. Urban Meyer is... Just being weird at press conferences. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has looked bad. Uh, the offense is just bad. their wide receivers aren't fast. They don't have any separation. their defense is bad. They look like the worst team in football. The Jets at least have some more young intriguing talent that I think you can still develop and you know maybe turn some things around a little later in the year as those guys get more confidence. I don't really feel that way about the Jacksonville Jaguars in any way right now. I think this is
1: going to be a season for Trevor Lawrence. And um, it, it sounds weird to, to compare him to Peyton Manning, but you know, Peyton Manning's rookie season, he like threw a ton of interceptions and just kind of figured out how to play in the NFL. This should be a year like that for Trevor Lawrence, because if you, if you kind of watch what they were doing, so it was third and two first quarter, I think it was the first third and third down in the game. They run smashed. And he just heaves it deep. But it's a completion. Like, that's what that's how he wants to play. And I actually really admire that. I love it. I think him pulling the trigger and um, just being aggressive down the field will go a long way for him. He has received. Like, he's giving guys an opportunity to make plays. And the ball is bouncing off of their hands. It's not like he's making, you know, terrible decisions. He had one where he's throwing a fadeaway in the end zone. Like, all right, man. Enough is enough. Let's draw the line somewhere. But I actually love his aggressiveness. He's going to be on a bad team. We knew that. So, Uh, just his development in that part will be, will be good for his future.
2: Yeah. I mean, we talk about quarterbacks who, you know, aren't going through their full progression and are just like taking checkdowns and stuff. Like a guy like Jared Goff, for example, Lawrence isn't doing that. I mean, he's getting his butt kicked right now, but he's still going full progression. If the post is open, he's throwing the post. Like that's just kind of who he's going to be. I think it's going to be, man, I came into the season thinking it was going to be like an Andrew Luck type of rookie season, but I don't even think the team's going to have as much success as the Colts did uh, that year. No, so it's going to be even worse than that. Um you Who give are they going to be? Beat.
1: Who are they going to be favored over? I Nobody. mean,
2: if they still play uh, the Texans when they have Davis Mills out there, that that might be one. But um, the tweet from the Jaguars' uh, Twitter account was bad. September 19th, and they tweet out, hang in there with us. We're going to get better. <gasps> <laughs> the one thing about Jacksonville and the 904, go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder to get this thing flipped. That's a quote from Urban Meyer. It is September night. 9- it was September 19th. That was after their half-filled stadium in their home opener, after they get a head coach with rings on his hand. And the first overall pick at quarterback, who's probably Golden the most boy. hyped up. Yeah, the most hyped up quarterback probably since Andrew Luck. I think that's probably fair.
1: Yeah,
2: that that's a tough pill to swallow that early in the season, guys. We got to have some more pride than that. Sorry,
1: Urban's pulling the plug after two games, man. That is, he, he there's no chance he knew what he signed up for. If this if that was his, I didn't see that. I didn't know that he's basically already quitting or giving up, tanking and thinking about draft picks. Um, after two losses good lord man have some kind of self-esteem or pride in your team because they read this they are all on social media how do you think a player is going to view that when they see their head coach (laughs) with that type of quote that's so bad for the team morale man i can't believe that the pr let him get away with that
0: i feel like urban pulled that quote and sent it directly to their social media team like (laughs) probably like, like, he went around. Everybody pulled it, sent it directly to them, and was like, "Let's work up a graphic and get this thing out." And they were like, "Wait, what?" He
1: was hey, like,
0: "This is this is the one. This is the one." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like like so he knew, quotes. like he knew they were gonna lose that football game, and he like wrote that ahead of time, like on the sideline, and was like, oh, "I'm gonna send this out, and we're gonna, every, everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna buy into it after this game, even though we looked terrible again." So it's all bad for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Uh, Another team that had high expectations coming into the season, the Indianapolis Colts. They are also 0-2 to start the year. Now, they do have talent, and their defense has some legitimate playmakers. But Carson Wentz just has two sprained ankles (laughs) right now. How do
2: you get both, man? (laughs) I don't know. That's the most Carson Wentz thing.
0: Yeah, he's got uh, Carson Wentz just has – Bolts and body parts falling off of him right now. He is falling apart. Their offensive line has not looked particularly well, but they are a team that can give you some problems. They don't look like a playoff team at all right now. And we don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be healthy enough to play this week. If he's got two bad ankles, that could linger around for a while, I would have to imagine. So I don't look at the Colts as a playoff team, but I do look at them as a team that can give you some problems on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, they have enough talent to be competitive against anybody, and we've seen that the first two weeks. But they also have Carson Wentz at quarterback, and we know how reckless of a player he is. Yeah, injuring two ankles in the same game—not sure I've ever heard that before on any level, honestly. So, uh, kudos to Carson for only doing something that Carson Wentz is capable of doing. Uh, how long is he going to last for real? Because Frank Reich knew this coming into the season. He's going. To, it seems like he's going to be on the injury report every every week. And when that's the case, man, if he if he has to miss time. And we get to see old Jacob Eason in there. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> Jalen Ramsey won't be the only one celebrating uh, when, Jason, when Jacob Eason's under center, man. The thing with Wentz that I never
2: understood was people always talk about how they're like different injuries, right? And they're like, none of these injuries are correlated in any way. Here's the problem. Carson Wentz takes a ton of hits and he's not a fluid athlete. So when he's like, he's like ducking under defenders, like weird stuff is going to happen. And he holds onto the ball. He has a long delivery. Like this stuff happens. It, these are actually correlated injuries, guys. He, he's going to be banged up. It's kind of the guy that he is. He, he's not going to be Phillip Rivers where the ball is out every single time before the pass rush even gets there. Like the, the, the time that you hold the ball matters. I'm sorry.
1: That duck under move is like his go-to. So it worked. And yeah. maybe maybe it working is a bad thing for him because he's just going to go over back to it over and over again. Doing the downward
2: dog on an NFL football field is not <laughs> a, it,
1: a lot of people don't
0: try it for a lot of different reasons. I don't understand why he would just keep trying to do it, man. I but he's gotten away with it a few times over his NFL career. Like it it was a nice move, but then. He also had the shovel pass interception, which I didn't even know anybody could pull off. Oh, when it man. happened, I was like, "That's got to be the worst executed shovel pass I've ever seen in my life."
1: That's not—I swear—that's not possible to throw a shovel to throw an interception on the shovel pass, man. They still somehow got back into it, which tells you the talent on this team. But again, it's always going to come back to Carson Wentz, man, and he just—he's shown time and time again that decision making isn't really his thing. Yeah,
2: I—I I don't. I mean, percentage-wise, how how do you think, like, what are the odds that the Colts make the playoffs? Because if it's anything over, like, 20%, I'm out. No,
1: man. Like, how? <laughs> you? First of
0: all, the AFC record... West
1: Or AFC South, sorry. Oh, okay. So yeah. That's their only hope, honestly.
0: It's the division, but then you look at the AFC West and the AFC North and all of the good teams that are in that division. I just feel like because they're not going to win the division I don't think like the Titans are still the best team in that division I think Titans a little afternoon. bit of a mess
2: though I, they they're struggling to run the ball a little bit until you know the second half against uh Seattle when they were going with light boxes I mean AFC South we're we're back to the dumpster of the AFC South we had like one year at some point where you know they they were actually competitive but now it seems like all right we got Davis Mills we got an injured Carson Wentz, we got Trevor Lawrence who's doing the best he can and gold star him the whole year for it. And then the Tennessee Titans that just like don't really seem to be getting in a groove and you could basically score on their defense at will. I mean, that's –
1: what a collection of teams, man. I have a pulled schedule up here. So they get the Titans this week. Then they get the Dolphins and probably without Tua. Then they get Lamar. That's a loss at at Baltimore. But then after that they get the Texans, so that's going to be a win. And after the 49ers, they get Titans, Jets, Jags. So, oh man, that division is going to be so disgusting. Man.
2: You know, we, we can get ahead of like the AFC South is not winning a playoff game. We got to figure out how to bet the AFC South not winning a playoff game right now because I'm pretty confident in that already.
0: Yeah, they're going to be, I mean, I would imagine the Titans will figure things out, but their offense has been super suspect in the first two weeks of the season. Their defense is just a train wreck and, and everybody can score on them. So, yeah, there's, there's question marks, but I still think the Titans are just so much more talented that they'll eventually figure it out, I would assume. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but I, I want to move to the NFC now and talk about some of their 0-2 teams. The New York Giants, 0-2. Not looking like a great football team, but Daniel Jones has actually put together a couple of decent performances in the first two weeks of the season. I I, I certainly wouldn't say that the Giants are headed in the right direction. This was supposed to be the year that they accumulated talent around him and that they were going to try to make a push to be a better football team. And they still find themselves in the same circumstance at 0-2 but they are in the NFC East, which can be considered kind of a toss up across the NFL.
1: If I, were, if I were the giants, if I were Jason Garrett, I would run Daniel Jones 15 times a game. That seriously seems to be like their best plan. And he's a really good athlete. Like we sneaky white athlete, like that's the quarterback, but he's fast. Like he's faster than most of the people that are trying to chase him. And it seems like their best advantages on offense are to stay ahead of the change by using his legs. Um, because, We've seen him when he has to drop back and throw. It's not great. I do think they have some talent. Uh, They have guys who can win on the outside, which does help. But I think using his legs is going to be the best way for them to have any sort of success this season. And I don't know that they're going to do that, which is going to make it tough for them to sustain success.
2: Yeah, I know a lot of people do the sneaky athlete thing. One, complexion. And then two, his 40 time, right? I don't really care what his 40 time was coming out of a three point stance, right? He, he's never doing that in a game. When Daniel Jones gets downhill, he builds up steam. That's, that's what happens on film. Um, I agree with you. I mean, they should run him. It's the same thing with like, uh, when Trubisky was in Chicago, they were always better when they were able to run the option. I mean, you're just plus one in the run game. And yeah. if he's not really giving you that much in the pass game, you might as well be plus one in the run game. They're running a ton of RPOs with him too. I mean, and he's forcing a couple of these passes, but you can tell that they're not very confident. You know, Kenny Galladay's blown up on the sideline to Jason Garrett. <laughs> um, the other thing, too, is, one, their defense isn't great, which is one of the reasons why, you know, it's like seventh straight year of starting 0-2 for the Giants. But Saquon doesn't look confident. Like, maybe his body is back. Maybe his body's healthy. But there's a lot of hesitation once he gets to the line. Um and you know, even Joe Thomas was talking about that in the post game after, what was it, Sunday night? Was that what they played? I can't remember. Is uh, some prime time was game Thursday? Thursday. It was Thursday night. Um, Joe Thomas was talking about it after the game, where he's like, "Dude, I mean, it's injuries. Like your body might be back, but your confidence just isn't there until you can like kind of prove it on the field." And you got to remember Saquon. Um, he he was only ready to go like right before the season started where he was right. starting to talk. About, he was giving out quotes like, you know, if the coaching staff thinks I'm ready, then I guess I'm ready. Um, I think this team is probably going to be better at like midseason, you know, whenever Saquon, it finally clicks, you know, and no shame to him. I mean, trusting your body is like a, a real thing, especially for professional athletes. So, you know, once they get to midseason, I bet they can get that run game going more. You know, they should be running Daniel Jones more. They got to figure out how to get Kenny Galladay the ball. You're paying him way too much money for him not to see it. Uh, throw nine but,
1: every, throw nine every other uh, drive. That's how that's their plan for Kenny Galladay right now. It's so yeah, bad.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, turns out Dave Gettleman, not the, uh, <laughs> not the brightest screwdriver in the toolbox.
1: Everything you just said is even more of a reason to to rely on Daniel Jones on the ground. Like they, if they want to use RPOs, like build off of that with package plays, get guys to bite in the box. Honestly, just watch Joe Brady and everything that they do with him, based off basing around Christian McCaffrey. The Giants can do that. They might not have the same level of athletes on the perimeter, but they can run a dumbed down version of what the Panthers do, and I feel like would have a bunch of success.
2: The the thing with packaging RPOs with the option, and you see this at the college level a lot more than you see it at the pro level, um, one, just because you see RPOs a lot more. But the way you stop RPOs, right, is you have to play man coverage. You have to say, okay, we're not going to give that cushion on that slant. We're not going to allow, um, you know, the, a linebacker to be in conflict deciding if that slant's going to be open for yards after catch. Well, once you play man, if you're playing the option, all you have is that one edge defender and you don't have any help. Mm-hmm. So – if, if you're able to get that guy to bite, I mean, as Daniel Jones up the sideline, if you can get them thinking, hey, we're stopping RPO, and it ends up being the option. I mean, those things are pretty complementary to each other, and I don't understand why they just don't – I mean, their offense honestly should look like Alabama's offense. Um, True.
0: Point blank, period. And I love the Mitch Trubisky comparison that you made there because it does feel like sometimes with a quarterback like Daniel Jones, like he's forcing the passes – Because the coaches are telling him, like, we need you to pass the ball. We need you to look downfield. But he's much better suited, and we've seen him have more success when he can run and when he can utilize his sneaky athleticism. And like a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, like Kyler Murray is better when he can freestyle a little bit. And I think Daniel Jones could be better if the option of was – run the football, have the freedom to run whenever you want to run. But if you can get outside and make a play with your arm, do it, as opposed to I think it's like they're telling him, like, running's the last option. That's the last thing we want you to do. And I think that makes him a worse player. Lean into what players do good.
2: I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, if, if Baltimore Baltimore's about to pay Lamar a ton of money and they're not scared of, of uh, you know, running him, in the middle of the field, having him take a couple hits. If you can slide, do it. If you can pop out of bounds, do it. But we need you to run the ball to win football games. Just lean into what these guys do good. Um, everyone everyone got obsessed with, like, that Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady type of offense where you're like, I'm going to do everything in the league. And I just think everyone needs to go away from it. Like, there are, yeah. there are boot quarterbacks – there are, like, field general guys. Like, even, like, Mac Jones right now, like, is definitely, like, a field general type where he can just operate at the line of scrimmage. He's going to take the quick game, you know, when it's available. Some guys got to run the ball. And I think Daniel Jones, if he's going to have success
1: at the next level, he's got to run the ball, man. Do you think Lamar Jackson drives the Ravens to and from the stadium? Because he does everything else for that offense. Oh, man. You you think they, like – uh
2: you think they pay for gas though? Like they no. split, split for gas? No, it's oh, just they probably
1: make new. the marks. Yeah, he probably has to expense it, honestly.
0: Yeah. Well, let Machado take care wait of it. two weeks for that reimbursement. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions, also zero two. We probably don't need to spend a ton of time on them. I know they got blown out by the Packers on Monday Night Football. But honestly, Jared Goff has looked a little bit better than I thought he would. The Lions look a little bit better. I still assume they're a bad football team and like they're probably not going anywhere this season, but they've looked better than I thought they were going to headed into the year. I think it's uh,
1: I think it's just because the players have kind of bought into the coach's message and that they are going to be competitive maybe for a half or so. Maybe it's going to be in spurts, but as you said, it'll be tough to take them seriously. It'll be fun to see like their young players grow because I do think they had a really good draft class and they are playing well, those rookies, but they're just so far behind the curve as far as talent goes. So I don't, I don't think they're, they're anything to waste time on. They're,
2: they're so depleted at wide receiver and defensive back right now that it's tough for them to keep up in any sort of shootout. Um, the benefit that they have is both of their line of scrimmages are extremely tough and, and they're playing real hard for uh Dan Campbell, the the biggest thing that I would say about the Goff situation, hey, man, the Packers can't get a pass rush. And if the Packers can't get a pass rush and Jared Goff is just taking checkdowns, of course he's going to look good. The, the big thing is going to be, you know, once they need to pass the ball, right, once they aren't in a neutral script or in a run script, what what can they do? Because I don't know if, like, Jared Goff throwing to, like, Quintes Cephas, who's running, you know, a 4-5 maybe, uh, throwing him a deep ball,
0: I, I don't think that's a way to win ball games.
1: Yeah, he he's probably your wide receiver too at best.
0: And moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, also 0-2. Matt Ryan looks old. Their offensive line's bad. They can't run the football. Their defense is bad. That's making Calvin Ridley not that productive this season. Kyle Pitts had a couple moments last week, but it's all pretty much bad for the Atlanta Falcons right now. I don't expect too much from them uh, moving forward the rest of the year. The Falcons are rotating like four tight end slash fullbacks
2: into the game. And you spent a top five pick on Kyle Pitts. Unbelievable. <laughs> that and then the fact that Mayfield, they're right. T- like he's going to get someone hurt this year period like he's legitimately like a health risk to players around him the way that he's performing right now those two things i think compound onto each other and are why this offense is so stagnant
1: yeah they had a chance they had like 27 chances last game to at least keep it close and every time they just shot themselves in the foot it's it's bad they i don't know um i don't know what they're going to do different that they are doing now But they're
2: they're so tapped out, like cap space wise, they're like, right, there's really nothing that they can do. I mean, this is the tail end of that's true boosting up that 2016 team and trying to keep it together. You know, they I I talked to Charles McDonald, he's a big Falcons fan. He was talking to me, he's like, dude, we're gonna have to like trade Grady Jarrett next year just to like get under the cap and feel the football team. And he's one of your like five, you know, clearly above average starters on the football team. Jake Matthews isn't bringing what he used to bring. Matt Ryan, I don't know if he's fallen off as much as like, hey, when Julio isn't there, <laughs> things, things, things <laughs> look a little different. Julio could play a little ball, um, but their ground game can't get it going. They have a off or a head coach who's coming from an offensive coordinator background where all they were trying to do is run power football. They're rotating all these tight ends and fullbacks when you had spe- you a heavy investment in there. It's just like this team probably isn't going to compete this year. It's probably not going to even compete next year. Like this is – you're building for 2023, and that's probably why Julio wanted out. And if Matt Ryan wasn't cashing in like $40 million checks, uh,
0: he'd probably want out too. And they could have taken Justin Fields and committed to this thing being over and rebuilding. but Oh, a Georgia team would never pass over Justin yeah, Fields. It would, ne- it would never happen. It would never but happen. They didn't. And yes. So Justin Fields plays for the Chicago bears now and the Falcons look like they don't have much direction in the near future. Last Owen two team, the Minnesota Vikings, they've had some close games to start the season. Uh, offense has been a little up and down. Defense has looked a little bit better than it did last year. To me, they look pretty similarly to the Minnesota Vikings of the past few years. Like, they're a fringe playoff team. If they get in, they might be able to sneak out a win or something like that because of the talent that they have. But they're not a team that you take seriously as a Super Bowl contender or anything like that. Yeah, so
1: they have the weapons on offense, and Kirk Cousins is going to give those weapons a chance. So they're going to be able to compete. And I think uh, as long as that happens, you know, they'll have a chance to win, but they're just so slow on the outside that perimeter-wise on defense, that I don't think that they're going to be able to slow anybody down. And that is a problem when you can't get stops on that side of the ball. So they are top six in giving up explosive plays through two, through two weeks. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. Just the way that they play defense, that's how Zim will always play defense. But he's used to having corners who can actually cover. And that hasn't been the case for a few years. And that doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. They're a fun offense. Dalvin Cook is a man. Always has been Uh, Justin Jefferson looks good. Adam Adam Thielen's good. So that side of the ball is not an issue, but if you can't get stops, man, you put a lot of pressure on your offense and that's not how you win in the NFL. You got to be complimentary and they are not.
2: Yeah. Dalvin, uh, went down. He was on the turf for a little bit last game. And I was like, Oh no. Cause I mean, they absolutely need him to stay healthy. Uh, Like if, 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 if he goes down, this Vikings team is going to look a lot different right now. I'm pretty optimistic, uh, Looking forward, I mean, relative to the other 0 2 teams that we're talking about, right? I mean, they probably should have closed out that Cincinnati game. They kept up in a shootout against Kyler Murray when we're talking about Kyler Murray as a potential MVP candidate. They lost by, what, one point and an overtime? You you literally can't lose two games closer than that in the NFL season through two weeks. It's tough that they're going to get Seattle and, and Cleveland back-to-back coming out of this, especially Seattle off of a loss when you know right. they, they need a win, especially in the NFC West. But I'm pretty optimistic about kind of the Vikings moving forward. I think they kind of have it together. The big thing is just like, can you get enough wins early on in the season where you don't start thinking about life after Zimmer, right? I mean, that's kind of the mindset that they need to be in and, Obviously, the Kirk Cousins uh, contract situation isn't great. Um, we saw Everson Griffin had many thoughts about it, and then Everson Griffin <laughs> Griffin was then re-signed to the Vikings because they needed a pass rusher, but then he didn't make the team. Um, it's a very interesting situation for them to be in, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings finished you know, second in the NFC North, if they snuck into the back end of the playoffs and was, were playing in wild card weekend on the road or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all.
1: I was just gonna say, like they they play like a team that should finish above five hundred. You would think if you watch their offense, like they would finish above five hundred, but they can't close and they can't make freaking kicks, so
0: none of that is gonna matter. Their field goal problems are unbelievable, uh, but yeah, they've got the talent. Like Justin Jefferson, I feel like we still haven't even seen the best Justin Jefferson yet this season, and they've still been putting up points and scoring because Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook are both exceptional players. So I do like the Vikings moving forward. I just don't look at them as like a serious NFC contender or something, but I think they could definitely claw their way back into the playoff picture. Let's take a quick timeout, but when we get back, we'll dive into the crash course and get into the 2-0 teams that we should be buying into right now. I
1: have some exciting news for you, class. Your time starts now. NFL. Crash course this doesn't happen very often you're gonna enjoy
0: this one welcome back into nfl university i'm steven serta of arrowhead pride talking with justice Mosqueda of acme packing co as well as kyle posey of niners nation we just discussed the 0 and two teams in which teams you should be getting out of right now and now we're going to get into some of the 2-0 and o teams that we should be buying into and the first team I want to start with they're playing this week on Thursday night football against the Houston Texans the Carolina Panthers the Panthers are 2-0 and o. you can have your question marks about Sam Darnold though he's looked pretty good through two games of the regular season what I don't have many question marks about right now This Carolina Panthers defense looks like it is for real. It is giving teams legitimate problems. Uh, uh, Two years ago, they invested all seven of their draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. They added J.C. Horn in this year's draft, signed Hassan Riddick in the offseason, Brian Burns, one of the most underrated pass rushers in football, and they've got a strong, consistent coaching staff. I'm buying into the Panthers right now. I think they're a team that's seriously on the rise.
2: Yeah, Sam Darnold probably coming off of the best game of his NFL career so far. I mean, he really did impress me. Um, as, so, as someone who is uh, campaigning for P.J. Walker to take over in the preseason, uh, Sam Darnold definitely looked good. That that defensive front, I will say, the teams that they've played, not very good. Not very good, which kind of helps the uh, the defense out. And when Jameis is throwing across your body in like a football folly's way to get an interception and it falls right into the hands of your safety, That definitely helps the stat book, but that front is legit. Brian Burns has been that dude. He has been that dude since he came into the league. Um, Coverage-wise, I'll be interested to see what they look like once they start playing better passing offenses, I guess. I'm I'm kind of wait-and-see mode with that secondary, but up front, I mean, they're getting looks at it like guys like Daquan Jones. Um, Daquan Jones is tweeting out like, hey, I look like Reggie White doing this Hunt move. Like They're playing with some confidence.
1: Yeah, their numbers look really good, but you mentioned like who have they really played. But first in EPA per play on defense, first in success rate, first in dropback EPA, first in dropback success rate. Like They are doing things very well, and it helps when you have a guy like Burns who can get after the quarterback and obviously J.C. Horn. But I want to talk about the other side of the ball. So they are protecting Sam Darnold right now. Let's be very clear about that. He has two completions in between the hashes right now. And most of his attempts aren't even, I don't don't think he has more than five attempts where he's throwing in between the hashes. hashes. He wants to turn the ball over so bad. And that pretty much makes what Joe Brady's doing even more impressive. One of the big questions that I have is, will they be able to have any sort of success running the ball? Because their offensive line seems like the sum of all parts. And that even seems like they're towing the line of, being extreme there because i don't know if they're any good they do a good job holding up in the past game but they just can't move move anybody and christian McCaffrey has nowhere to run uh, their rushing dvoa is 25th right now they're also bottom seven in epa and success rate and i think that's going to be who they are based off the first couple of games but what they do as far as through the air is really fun to watch man i think they do a really good job of you know calling plays around christian McCaffrey. they do a lot of isolating where they'll just run everybody off and let Christian McCaffrey run an isolation route, and he eats linebackers up. It is hilarious to watch them them try to hang with them. Um, The package plays that I talked about that the Giants are doing, that's what Joe Brady's doing. It's very simple, man, and it seems like every time they do that, it works. Um, I mentioned the clear outs. They do a good job of high-lowing with uh, CMC as well. I don't know, though, man. I I think Darnold eventually is going to be Darnold, and that's what's going to be there doing like that's going to be their kryptonite it's all said and done i'll For give sure. him i'll give For him the sure. credit
2: i'm yeah. definitely waiting to see though i'm waiting to see i uh, want you, Darnold. i want to see it at least twice
1: in the first four years of your nfl career <laughs> so they, they have these they'll boot him and there there are plays where he is patient and he takes that second level route and then there are plays where he does get flushed from the pocket and as soon as he courts up and he's looking across the field and you're like no Sam, he, he had one do in
2: double coverage where he yeah. tried to throw across his body he's lucky as hell they dropped that because he thought he was like hey it's I Sam can do Darnold this time yeah. it's Sam Darnold time it's time for me to get the Mahomes highlight and it almost like turned into a pick six they're just lucky they dropped it oh he's yeah, no. for
0: sure As the season goes on and he gets more confident he's for sure going to have a really bad game where he throws four picks or something like that, because that's just what Sam Darnold does. So I fully expect that, but they do have a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the season. Like there's not a ton of games on their schedule where you're like, Oh, they're for sure losing that game. Like, obviously they got to play the Bucks, and I don't expect them to beat the Bucks. but they've got a pretty light schedule this season. So I think that's all going to play into Carolina's favor. And like you guys said, I think that Joe Brady is trying to do a lot of things to keep Sam from hurting them. And it's making Sam look good. So that they just got to keep that up in Carolina. Uh, I want to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders real quick too. I think we underestimated a little bit on defense, the additions of Casey Hayward and pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, Hayward's been fantastic. and And Ngakwe has been solid so far this season. He's really helped Max Crosby kind of take a next step as a pass rusher. And it's making the Raiders' defense look a lot better than I was anticipating that it would early on in the season. And now Derek Carr, it feels like offensively, Gruden's kind of hit a stride here with Carr, where we saw in two matchups against the Chiefs last season, it was like the best version of Derek Carr I had ever seen. He was throwing downfield. He was taking shots. He was not being the check-down Derek Carr that we were used to. And he was being super aggressive. And that's why they beat the Chiefs in one game and then took him down to the wire in the second game. And it seems like through two weeks so far, Derek Carr is just playing like that. Like that might just be the Derek Carr that we get. If we get that Derek Carr all season and he keeps this up, like the Raiders are going to be a lot better. I picked the Raiders to finish last in the AFC West. And through two weeks, that's looking like a terrible pick.
1: Gruden, Gruden, Gruden like he he's fun man I I know he has a bad rap on the social medias but he knows what he's doing and I feel like we need to talk about this because he's not a dinosaur like he's he he calls things that most modern OCs do and I feel like he does a really good job of using every level of the field and now that Carr is willing to throw the ball down the field they look competent on offense so no other team has more explosive plays then through the air, then the Raiders right now, we saw the deep one to rugs, which was a dime, but uh, it's been pretty consistent as far as, you know, just getting the ball outside the hashes and down the field. I think they are legit on offense. I don't know if they'll be able to sustain it on defense. I don't know about that, but I think Gruden's going to keep these guys in the game on offense and I- I'm fun. or I'm excited to see uh, how this happens or how this keeps up during the season, because obviously you have Waller, but they also have guys that can really compliment like hey, Renfro can get open. And he's doing it against guys who are not bad at football. So I don't think I don't think, uh, think they have issues through the air. And, and it's going to be fun. Obviously, if Josh Jacobs can't go, who knows if that's going to be um, an issue for their ground game. But they have guys that can win on the outside. And if Carr has protection and he doesn't get gun shy, they're going to be good, man. The, you talked
2: about sustainability. You said it if the defense is, is sustainable. I think that's the big question for me. Um, Gus Bradley is basically just sitting back, playing coverage, and just letting his pass rushers turn loose. And right now, Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby are able to do it. We'll see if that's a two-week phenomenon or if that's just like, hey, they have the best. They're actually the best pass rushing duo in the league. You know, and they are good to
1: be to be clear. Like those yes. two are good players.
2: Yannick's always been able to get after the passer. Uh, that that's never been his issue. It's been about, you know, holding up in the run game. And like you said, I mean, when you double cover waller and you could say, Hey, yeah, rugs is on a crosser and he runs a four too. that's, that's a pretty easy thing to call. Um, Derek Carr. We've seen this before. Again, I'm in wait and see mode with some of these quarterbacks that I've been down this road with before, where it's like car that game against Kansas city. I thought that was the breakout. I was like, this is what we're going to get from Carr moving forward. He's no longer like that. Alex Smith, you know, check down guy but i just want to see it consistently week through week before i'm actually like putting my pocket uh with uh Derek carr because he, he, he about- has great talent i mean in terms of arm strength great he has flexibility uh with his arm he could throw from multiple angles his release is great i mean if we're talking about guys who are like he's not aaron Rodgers, but in terms of like uh raw skills right Derek Carr really isn't that far away from like an Aaron Rodgers type of like skill set. It's just the consistency and actually being aggressive down
1: the field. And that's what's really held him back at this point in his career. I think his, pl- I think Gruden's play calling and the way that they rely on Waller will force Carr to be aggressive just because you mentioned how he's going to get doubled. Everybody's going to do that. Like that's not going to change anytime soon. So if you're doubling Waller and you're running Waller on first level routes, Look to the second and third level in one-on-one. Give your guys a chance. But there's so much pre-snap motion now that Gruden's using. There's RPOs. It's it's a fun offense, man. I think that they're going to be able to put up some points.
0: And part of the frustration with Derek Carr, I think, is that you know that year that he had in his first couple of seasons where he was making a run at an MVP and looking like he was gonna be a really good quarterback in the NFL for a long time. We saw that season. He had an arm. He, when he was willing to take the shots downfield, he could drive the ball down the football field with the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then he just stopped doing it for like five years. He just did not push the ball down the football field. And we got glimpses of it last season and it was great. And through two games this year, he's doing it. So we'll see if he keeps it up. This Raiders offense, if they continue to do this is going to be fun to watch. And, I think the NFL is just generally better when the Raiders are exciting, whether you want to root for them or not. But I want to look at another AFC West team that is also 2-0, and and it's not the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Denver Broncos. The Broncos do get the Jets this week. They'll likely be 3-0. and uh, You guys have both mentioned Vic Fangio today. Obviously, their defense is solid. They did just lose Bradley Chubb for six to eight weeks. He had to have a cleanup surgery on his ankle but Von Miller still looked pretty good so far. Their secondary is one of the better secondaries in the NFL. I'm not really buying into the 2 and 0 start and likely 3 and 0 start by the Denver Broncos. I just think that they're only going to go as far as Teddy's going to take them. And that's not that's not a slight Teddy. He's been okay through 2 games, but he's just Teddy, you know. He he just does what he does, but he doesn't really do anything that exciting. They're
2: they're a weird team because I could see them actually getting to the playoffs Um, it's going to be hard with their schedule. We just talked about the Raiders, right? I mean, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, you get them six times this year. That's tough just to start with right there. Then you add in quarterback mismatches that you're going to get into with Teddy Bridgewater. But still, that defense is good enough. I think they can make the playoffs. I think, you know, there's enough volatility there, like defensively, where they could get, you know, three, four sacks in a playoff game and, and get to the divisional round. I just wouldn't expect lightning to strike twice um they're definitely a team that will win games based off of matchups and with those matchups specifically coming on the defensive side of the ball uh patrick certain every every bit as good as he was tabbed coming out of the draft process i mean he's having a great year we'll see what happens with the the chub uh the chub surgery Moving forward, I don't know if they have enough horses behind Vaughn Miller to kind of keep that pass rush going. But I guess that's something for the future, not necessarily something that we can judge right now.
1: Yeah, if Chubb were to be healthy, I would have no um, issues with anybody saying that they're a playoff team because I do think they have a lot of talent on that roster on both sides of the ball. And Teddy, all he has to do is manage and take care of the ball and seriously just throw the ball down the field. Every now and then, and they'll be fine because they have guys on the outside, even with Jerry Judy out. like Tim Patrick's not a bad player. K.J. Hamler, good player. And obviously Noah fan if he stays healthy. So they have guys that can really play, man. And I don't think that they're bad really at any position that you need to be good at. And obviously they have a good coaching staff. So um, interested to see. I think that's kind of a wait and see, too, to see how the schedule plays out. But early on here, the Broncos have done everything, everything that you would like to see from them.
0: And I, I kind of just want to couple the entire NFC West together as they've got three undefeated teams the San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, and Arizona Cardinals. Actually, this is a better question for you guys. Out of those three undefeated teams in the NFC West, which one would you say is the best team right now? The Rams.
2: I was going to say the same thing. There's there's too much going on in San Francisco. Jimmy isn't looking good. The skill positions, you know, there's still very much question marks outside of Juszczyk and Kittle who, you know, they're obviously their matchup guys, but the Rams seem like they know what they are on offense. They're going to score points, like point blank, period. So if they can hang their hat on that, their defense is probably worse than I thought uh, coming into this year. You know, it's weird to say that uh, a defense with Aaron Donald isn't very good, but one man doesn't make the team. Um, So that's kind of the hesitation I have with them, but I'd
1: still have them number one. So they were going to take a step back no matter what. They were unreal. They were like video game numbers on defense last year. So they were always going to regress. Even if they're still top 10, they're going to be really freaking good because the other side of the ball, they have a quarterback who actually throws across the field and can throw to different levels. And McVay can do so much more with Stafford. Uh, It doesn't even really feel like they've, Scratch the surface of what they can become on offense, which is pretty scary knowing how they're using Cooper Cup and just how creative McVay can be with those weapons on offense. Like we haven't even seen Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson. Uh McVay actually talked about getting him more involved in the offense. So if he can add anything, if even if one of the speed guys can add anything down the field, look out, man. They're going to be fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, week one, it was Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. they were throwing him deep and it was like, oh, oh, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> this, this is a threat. Um, wow, you really like Stafford? You you think Stafford's that much of an improvement over Goff? I, I looked at many uh, charts uh, uh, on Twitter.com uh, oh. that said their EPA was the same, <laughs> so they're the same quarterback. I don't, I don't know. Just
0: look um, at how happy Sean is every time he goes to right. the sideline. Just look at the joy in Sean McVay's eyes. That's all you need to know with Matthew how, Stafford.
1: How many seam routes to Cooper Cup did they throw with Jared Goff? How many times did Jared Goff scramble to the right, scan the field and then throw back across the field to his checkdown? Like that nobody who does that uh, Stafford did. That. How man.
2: dare you watch the games and have <laughs> and <laughs> have Newts in your take. The EPA charts, you have to follow the EPA charts or you're canceled, KP. You have to man.
1: He uh they're going to be tough to beat, man. I How okay, let's talk about this. How do you slow down the Rams? Like what do you do on defense? Obviously be have Besides having a bunch of Jimmy's and Joe's and getting pressures like the 49ers might be a good matchup just because of their front and the pressure that they can put on you. But still, I feel like so much motion, so much going on before the snap happens that they're going to get you out of whack out of your gap and they can create running lanes or just get mismatches with their guys, which we saw Cooper Cup, man.
0: If I had an answer, I'd I'd make a lot more money as an (laughs) NFL DC. So. Well, and the reason I would pick the Rams with you guys is because like the matchups in that NFC West, like when the Niners play the Rams and when the Cardinals play the Rams, I have question marks about both of those teams' secondaries that I don't really about the Rams. Like so, I would think that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are going to find success passing on those defenses a little bit. And we saw what what kind of happened to the Cardinals this past weekend where you know, week one, they were their pass rush was insane and their pass rush is gonna be good throughout the year as long as those dudes stay healthy. But they had question marks in the secondary and their cornerbacks aren't particularly talented. So I do the Rams defense was inevitably going to take a step back, like KP said, because they were just so dominant last year. They were they were never gonna be that good, but I still think top to bottom right now, especially with the injuries that the Niners are dealing with, the Rams have to be the most talented team in that division.
1: Don't disagree at all. I do want to ask are the Cardinals frauds?
0: Oh, let's not talk about if it. Kyler playing like this. <laughs> not not if Kyler keeps us up all year. Let's talk about it. It, it really does feel like Kyler hero,
2: hero ball right now. Um is that gonna Cliff, last Cliff Kingsbury? What what are you doing, man? I, I don't you know what he's, he's gonna, doing, he's
1: he's giving Kyler the ball and telling him, Hey
2: man, yeah. make me look good. Ride, ride your horse. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is going to get a credit for a lot of wins this season that Cliff uh, Kingsbury
0: didn't necessarily earn is kind of me. my thought. <laughs> not for yeah. me. This is all going on Kyler as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, it's nice that they remembered that they have Rondell Moore. That, that's, a, that's a cool changeup because, you know, in the preseason stuff, he was in as like wide receiver four, and I was like, this dude isn't even going to see the field. That sucks because he can fly. Well, two weeks into the season, now he's running deep routes. That's great. Um, right, he's, he's, for
1: him, by the way. he's a
2: special he's a special player, man. It's, it's hard to match up with that speed. He's going to be around for a long time. You're going to hear his name a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm putting everything on Kyler at this point. You know, Chandler Jones obviously had that like five sack game in week one, which is just insane. Way to run away with the defensive player of the year after one week right. of the season. Great, great job, Chandler. But this is all Kyler right now.
1: Yeah, that was never going to be sustainable for Chandler Jones, obviously, but they couldn't cover. And we talked about this, some of the bets beforehand, Uh, the Vikings plus three and a half or whatever was the most obvious bet or one of the most obvious bets of that week, just because the Cardinals can't cover. Whenever they play a team that has capable receivers, their cornerbacks cannot run. And if you think that they're not going to be able to get pressure against whatever offensive line they're going against. I would fade the Cardinals heavy. And I I don't know, man. I think they're going to crumble. I think they're going to be the same Cardinals that we always see. Once it comes to the middle of the season, teams are going to figure them out. And I I don't know. Like, adding Rondell Moore is a big deal. I will not argue that. I don't know if A.J. Green is going to be able to stay healthy just because of history. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is still DeAndre Hopkins. But the offense still feels the same no matter what. And it's, it's a lot of, hey, Kyler, go do this. Hey, Kyler, go do that. Hey, Kyler, be magical. And he's not going to be able to do that every freaking down.
2: The other thing, too, is the Cardinals secondary, like you said, the, the guys who can cover, they're all like five nine, <sighs> <laughs> So, like, they could can, they can be right there and you could just moss them, just go vertical on them. So that's one of the biggest worries that I have with them because if it's not J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones getting into the backfield,
0: they're they're not winning games right
2: now on the defensive side, at least
0: before we get out of here, I'm going to run through my rookie quarterback report card grades. And you guys tell me if you disagree, Mac Jones week, number two, I gave him a C Mac was okay. He was, he was, you know, decisive, but they're not really letting him throw the football down the field. He had that awkward spike when he had a pass rush coming right in his face. And Mac just said, I don't want anything to do with that and just spiked it directly into the ground. You get a C for that. So I'm giving back Jones a C. Uh, Zach Wilson, he's got to be an F, right? You can't have many terrible interceptions and and get a decent letter grade on the report card. Trevor Lawrence, D this week. Trevor, I think I gave him a C last week. Another game where Trevor's just had the nice touchdown pass to Marvin Jones, but it's just ugly for Trevor right now. He's going to have those nice throws here and there, but I want to see a little bit more consistency from Trevor.
1: I would go a little bit higher for Trevor just because. So we, as we talked about, I, I do think he's doing a good job of playing the quarterback position, and I think he's doing a good job of stretching the field. And I just like his aggressiveness overall in general. Yes, he's going to make some knuckleheaded plays, and hey, man, if he wants to work through that his rookie year, fine by me. So if he plays like he did against on Sunday and where he you know remains aggressive and continues to give his guys a shot down the field, I love it, man. Throw that nine ball, baby.
2: I I think all those grades were fine to me. I mean, at the end of the day, Trevor Lawrence completed a third of his passes and he he threw two picks. So, I mean, his process can be fine. The ball isn't ending up where it needs to be. This isn't a buy low situation with Trevor Lawrence. He's still racked up to the top. Like, no no one is saying give up on Trevor Lawrence after two weeks. Yes, he had a poor game.
0: It is what it is. He's a rookie. That's fair. Can we give Trey Lance a grade for not playing his path? Best rookie quarterback of the weekend, baby. Does he get an A just for not even being on the field? He didn't hurt his team. Yeah. So by default, I
2: mean, it's him and Mac Jones, right? Yeah. And then him, tre- him, Trey Lance and Mac Jones, both both teams did not ask the quarterback to do anything. I was going to say Trey Sunday. Lance
1: didn't play and he still had a higher A dot than Mac Jones. So. That's
0: <laughs> and I gave, I gave Justin Fields a C real quick before we get out of here. Fields, obviously I'm excited for the start this weekend had the nice pass that should have been a touchdown to alan robinson and had some other good things didn't have a pick but just field super exciting player and he's just going to continue to get better thank you guys so much for listening to nfl university that was our rookie report card make sure you keep an eye on that on twitter and social media we'll send that out each and every week make sure you follow justice mosqueta on twitter at j-u-m-o-s-q make sure you follow kyle posey on twitter as well at KP underscore show. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys next week.